0: My name is Duncan Barber and I am one of the the tractor drivers, launch vehicle drivers at North Berwick RNLI. I'm also the trainer assessor for the launch vehicle and I'm the community safety volunteer. With regards to the launching side of things, um, I'm involved in. Uh, helping to train any of the up-and-coming tractor drivers, and we use a, a small four-wheel drive tractor at our station to launch our D-class boat. Uh, the community safety role is uh, a role that is really there to try and promote the Darnalized safety message, and of course lots of people will be aware of what we've got on the go recently, which has been Float to Live, the uh, Respect the Water campaign as well. It's speaking to people about that, uh, answering questions, because, you know, it's a small station in a a very, very busy seaside town. We get lots and lots of people coming in and asking questions about, you know, what they can do around the area, where is it safe to go swimming, for instance, good paddle boarding areas, are there any riptides? So it's kind of about getting that message out. I come from a driving background, basically. So my skill sets are are, are driving, but particularly with um, with four wheel drive and and off road vehicles, and that can be anything from quads to side by sides, uh, all the way through to tractors, trucks, etc. That's one side of my business, and I took that area of of what I. I did many many years ago which was a lot of expeditionary driving and driver training and i turned that into something that i could use within the film industry the four-wheel drive side of things uh, and that expedition experience i think as a as a great value for me as a trainer assessor on the uh, on the lifeboat you know that sort of thing will come naturally after you've had probably somewhere in the region of four decades of of driving those kind of vehicles you want to make everything that's happening right at the beginning go as smooth as possible uh, because the guys going out in the boat have got a really serious job to do. Something is gonna take all their concentration. You know, they're on the sea. She's a cruel mistress and you have to be ready to, ex- you've got to expect the unexpected all the time. So my role within the movie industry is is a driving role. Generally I'm called a precision driver, but my specialty is, is precision driving off road. So I run a business that applies camera tracking vehicles and I've got um, I've got three vehicles here which have been built specifically to do on and off-road camera tracking with the 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 bias being towards the off-road element of of doing that yeah. so my job there is to basically get the camera that's mounted on my vehicle into position with the subject that we're filming and that could be anything from a a person walking along a beach a dog running uh, horses i've even tracked peregrine falcons coming in to take a, a lure off the hand of a their handler sitting on top of my vehicle so it can be all sorts of things thinking back movie wise iconic moments for me Braveheart which was the first big movie that I worked on on the Battle of Stirling sequence which was actually shot out in Ireland one of the specific shots was uh, the Battle of Stirling charge down the hill towards the English uh, troops who were sitting there with their pikes ready to skewer the horses one of the other movies I worked on which uh, kind of got another iconic um, section to it would be Goldeneye. The one moment that kind of always stands out, and probably one of my scariest tracking vehicle moments, was the tank coming through the wall, which we actually shot as the very last stunt on the picture. Basically, the, uh, the stunt was to drive a tank up a ramp and have it come through a wall in midair and land on the ground, and then carry on down, down the street, where eventually then, uh, we didn't do it there, but it eventually ends up with a statue on the top of the tank, which I also did a tracking shot of. But that all had to be set up. So the the whole thing was very critical. The tank had to hit the, the ramp at a specific speed. So all the way down the runway, they had guys with stopwatches who, on the shout of action, would press the button and set the stopwatch off. And at each point, the tank had to have hit that stopwatch at the right time. If it didn't, they aborted, they stunned. So we'd done it about 10, 11 times, and we're on to our 12th, 12th take to do it. And everything, you know, by this time, everybody in the car, you know, there was, and there was, uh, there was three of us, so myself as the driver, a focus puller, and the camera operator himself, who was sitting in the back looking at a TV screen in front of him, which was his monitor, and the camera was behind him on the crane. And, uh, you know, 12 times of being, or 11 times of being ready for the shot, um, you know, you begin to get a bit nervous towards the end of that because, you know, you've got all that adrenaline going knowing that you've got something like a 38-ton tank about to come careering towards you at high speed. And, of course, you get ready for that, and then it would abort and you're back to normal, reset. All that time goes past again. So we're sitting in front of the wall and uh, we hear over the radio, that's it, it's a go. So it hit that kind of go, no go section. And I'm sitting in front, and we were the only vehicle within the whole stunt that didn't have an action cue. So quite often in things like this, you'll be waiting for either the the first assistant director to give you your cue or perhaps the stunt coordinator is going to do that. But on this one, we were told to take our own cue. So basically it was down to the cameraman to make a decision as to when he wanted me to move and then get up to speed and keep pace with the tank as it moved. And that probably was the most risky element of that whole thing, because rather than waiting on someone who's standing back and looking towards you to say, right, you go now, we were doing it ourselves. And it was kind of a one-shot wonder, you know, because they didn't have time to rebuild the wall. There's a lot of parallels that you can draw from what I was doing there with the, the role of an RLI volunteer, whether it be someone who's working on shore or someone who's on on the water um, as active crew on a boat during a shout. Number one, planning. You know, obviously, there's a lot of, a lot of planning goes into... Working as a crew in total, there's a lot of training, which is probably the, actually the most important thing is the training. Being able to work as a team and, you know, slimmer to me working as a team within that car, you have to work as a team to make to make the whole system work well as one. The other thing is, is complete flexibility within the parameters of your training and being able to think on your feet as to what you need to do at a time. So, you know, we, in that, in that situation, with me sitting in my tracking vehicle in front of a wall waiting for 38 tonnes of steel to bounce through it, I didn't know what was going to happen when it hit the ground. The very same as when a crew goes out on, on the lifeboat, they may not know exactly what's going to happen when they get out onto the sea and they uh, make their way and arrive and make their way back from the scene of a of an incident. So there's got to be a huge amount of flexibility to be able to make sure that you do what has to be done at the spur of a moment safely and making sure that the end game, which is to recover people or things or animals, is done safely for crew and the people that, that are around you. And that works from the minute that we hear the pager go and we jump in a car and make our way down to the station to then getting into our gear and starting to to create that whole search and rescue process. Hello, this is Louise Minchin. You've been listening to the RNLI's 200 Voices collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org slash 200 voices, or subscribe to RNLI. Wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. 200 Voices is produced for the RNLI by Adventurous Audio Limited.